Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. This is episode 103, Ida Sports Part 2. So last year I found out about this company called Ida Sports. It was founded by Lori Youngson and Ben Sandu and it, with a focus on making products specifically for women. And they pioneered the first football boot designed for women and girls. And it's groundbreaking stuff, really. So last year in August, I spoke with Ben in episode 78. Go back and uh, check it out. Just profiling the company, getting to know their story. And it was awesome. Fascinating. So I had to do a part two. This time, we've got Laura Youngson on the call as well. And these two are just brilliant people, awesome entrepreneurs, and an inspiration for us all. I mean, the crazy thing is you, you guys started a company right before a pandemic started. Yeah, man. And you I mean, do that. you know, what's kind of interesting. I, I think about it. I'm like, well, maybe in a weird way, kind of a blessing in disguise because you were given, I would say not given a reason you were ordered to stay home and think about how you were going to continue <laughs> to do things basically, you know? Um, and it, I mean, for instance, for me, I never had so much time to build my garden, right? Like 2020 spring, March and April, I got so much work done that had I been going to work daily, I would never have been able to do a lot of what I had to do, you know? So there's that, did you guys get that, like that slice of time where you were able to really get things further in motion than maybe you would have been able to otherwise? Well, it was an intense period. I will say that. Um, I often talk about the fact that I I got engaged two days into the Melbourne lockdown, which is like right at the beginning of I think our shoes were just about to land. Was when the um, when the lockdowns hit Melbourne, and my wife is a, a musical theatre composer who was writing music and teaching eight year olds the drums in the next room. Um, so it was a real like. We're in this like little tiny place um, and it, yeah, it was a lot. Um, but, you know, in the same way, like spending that much time with, with someone you've just asked to marry you, it's going to go one of two ways. It's like either, you know, it goes really well, which it has, we're married, so boom. But or, or it goes, yeah, or it goes terribly. <laughs> like I think, you know, to, to extend that analogy to the, to the business, it was, yeah, an intense period. Okay, what? how are we going to adapt to this? But also how do we, I mean, I remember Laura and I spoke a bunch of times about how, you know, how can we use this time to ensure that we emerge stronger from the other side? And I, well, I know that's what happened and, you know, there's some luck involved. And um, But the core thing was just, you know, putting what we did in front of players and seeing how, how they would react. And we were able to do that remotely, um, you know, with a bit more difficulty than, than I would have imagined. Like in, I don't know if you know this too, Sebastian, but like in, um, in Melbourne, you couldn't go more than like three miles from your house. So there was oh, yeah. one point where I had stock that was like two and a half miles from my house and it needed to go five miles from my house and it was locked behind. Like we had this little pop-up in a university and they had completely shut the campus. So I had to go through like seven layers of bureaucracy to get access to it. We had wow. a big order coming in and like, yeah, it was, I, I'm sure I, I do look back on that time and just think, God, it was a different, like it's just something so 
far from what you would have pictured in the business plan. Like it was completely different. It's interesting because one of my, the, the last people that I talked to, uh, they have a company called Kickoff Coffee. And yeah, Melissa. Where were you? Wait, you? Yeah, weren't we drinking that in London, Laura? Yeah, yeah. She, Melissa Ortiz, helped, is that right? Yeah, she helped. She sponsors a toot, which is run by a good friend of ours, Sarah, that works with girls in the pool. Of course you know each other. Of course. Yeah, well, duh. Of course, yeah. Um, no, so I, I spoke with her brother because I don't know, he was the one that was available at the time. Um, spoke with Christian. And again, it was, a, it was a, another story of lockdown happens now's a moment to make your dream come true in a way and you know i i just have we've seen so many changes just from a coach's perspective the way uh individual coaches set up set private sessions people have created spaces they've rented a garage somewhere and just completely changed it into what they want and all of this came from that that little bit of pressure um in 2020 so I have, I have a quick divergence here. I want to, Laura, what is this kit you're wearing? Oh yeah. Do you see this at the, um, no, maybe it didn't arrive, but it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this sunshine. There you go. Turn yourself that way. If, if yeah, you put yourself this in this way. position. Excellent. That is great. Yeah. This is going to be like our retro kit. So just oh. like, and we've got a, we've got a purple one coming out for the title nine thing. So it's going to be, um, yeah, in June. So, yeah, we've been, just been testing a few kit ideas and been loving the retro one. So. Oh, th- that reminds me of that 70s Holland, um, the, yeah. the 70s Dutch kit. And funnily enough, we have a Dutch designer, and so I wonder if she was channeling her homeland when she <laughs> came up with it. I may be yeah. going a little early with the 70s. It might have been like late 80s, but it was rude, rude gullet. Yeah, yeah, that's the 80s and, and 90s. Because in the 70s, they just wore the shirts that just, you know, just the regular yeah, yeah. plain color. That that is great though. That and look, as as a male, I'm really excited because I can't wear your shoes. But so you if can I'm gonna wear. <laughs> I can yeah. wear the kits. That's great. There's right. also um, I think Laura, you posted publicly about this so i hope i'm not speaking out of turn but that's not a football that's uh that she's got shoved up her jumper that's <laughs> yeah. uh it's, she's growing a little human so uh, and congratulations to you laura so you, yeah cheers, man. so you, you guys i think this is one of the things that at some point i was planning on saying but we'll, we'll get to it now i when you start this company you know you know, you're, you're not in your fifties, you're young, you're, you're excited for the future. You start something like this, you know, you're not a mother yet. You're not married yet. Right. This is, you're like this blind desire to make something happen. Right. And to start something from scratch. And now you're in, you're committed. So, and now it's here. It's almost like Ida is a baby that you've created. And now like it or not, you have to support it. Um, how does that feel after just all these these four years of effort to get it here? It's quite nice because you're out of the nappy phase. <laughs> it's right. So at the beginning, you've got like utter chaos. It's like, and I literally gave birth to my kid, my first kid, on the same week that we got the shoe. So it's like giving birth to a shoe and a kid in the same week. And 
it's sort of nurturing this thing that's then you can't do anything and it makes you not sleep and it's like it just it's fully reliant on you and then now that you sort of start to get it's a bit more independent and it asks why and you know and this is kind of the stage that the business is getting to we have a team now it's quite a different picture from two and a half years ago um when it was very much just Ben and I and a couple of people that we co-opted to to help us kind of get through that beginning part so it's nice to see see it grow up in some ways and it, I, yeah I liken it to a toddler at the moment it's definitely uh taking its first steps you still need to look after it but it's you know you're a bit more certain that it's not going to die every two seconds so it's, then how do you get it to the point where it's a self-sufficient 18 year old voting yeah exactly <laughs> I mean we've got to go through the teenage <laughs> years right so I think you're gonna have a lot of fun with sort of the age 10 uh, you know, beautiful, like uh, starting to find themselves. And then we've got to go through puberty. So it's, it's a really interesting analogy, actually, Laura, because like, yeah, if you think about as a toddler and uh, well, in much the same way that your, your kid's a toddler now, it's like, you see the, the, you see the personality, like imagine when you, I don't have kids, but when you have a baby and it's like this completely sort of blank canvas and like what what could this thing become and then like as they start to become a toddler they you, you see the their personality start to emerge you know um and and they have their own way of expressing themselves and all that kind of things and that's i think that's something really nice about what's changed about from the beginning to now is it's not you know there's a heap of spaces i walk into now and people already know who that who we are and have their own things that they're excited about about the brand or so that's that's a really nice change to see that it's like it's it's becoming bigger than than Laura and I in a garage you know messing about in the sandbox but then you know at the same time too it's like really interesting because you feel that responsibility of like oh this isn't just Laura and I kind of messing about in the sandbox this is like this has a real chance of going here and going really well and like making some really important changes so that's nice and it's it yeah that whole it builds a bit like it takes a village it's like there's a lot of really really smart knowledgeable people in a whole heap of areas that want to help this kid grow up you know so yeah, yeah it's it is different it's really different and brings new challenges but it's awesome well and i guess so it's kind of funny because i think back it was about a year ago that we spoke um for anyone who wants to go back to that that was uh 78 that was episode 78 that i did we're at 103 now um so when we did that you had ben you had slightly curlier hair right it looked like it looked like you had, had <laughs> slightly blondish tips too it was and you had a really comfortable looking sweater i i i think everyone check that out and see the video um in that time you haven't changed your glasses. I, I like the clear rims still. I love that. But in that time, this kid has grown a year. What happened since what's happened since last year? What are some of the bigger developments since just one well, year ago? If if I may respond on a personal level, uh, <laughs> I'd, you must have just caught me. I cut my hair like twice a year. So it's not like I'm. there's no underlying, oh, we're trying to smarten up and I look, I want to look more corporate. Um, it's a shame. If I'd known I'd worn these glasses, I'd probably worn my other pair, but that's, that's all good. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, what's what's changed? Well, a heap. I don't know. The a year, yeah, a year ago, um, we Stadia is probably the biggest one that comes to mind um, that's changed. I don't know, Laura, if you want to talk a bit yeah, about. Yeah, I guess or... up until August last year, we bootstrapped the business, and then we got connected to um, Stadia Ventures, which is a sports tech accelerator, and kind of went through the process, not necessarily expecting that we'd get anywhere and then got into the top 10 and then looked at it more seriously and like, actually, we really want to be part of this and got into their cohort. And it was very game-changing for the business. So we got given amazing mentors. We got investment from them. Off the back of that, we were able to raise more money. Um, and that really has transformed the business from probably between now startup and scale-up. So we, we've got this firm foundation and now it's kind of, all right, let, let's really see where we can take it. And if you think about it in terms of products and shoes, like 2020, we had one product. 2021, we had two. This year, we're looking at doing another six. So it's really that kind of growth curve of um, starting to, yeah, be in the places that we want to be in and have those conversations and get known by more people. Um, and in just things like working on our relationship with Dick's Sporting Goods and getting our shoes into their stores as opposed to just on e-commerce that's had a massive impact and setting up e-commerce in the u.s so now you've got customers that can get their shoes kind of at the drop of a hat so that in itself has been such a big growth for us of seeing seeing the revenue grow which is always good because then it means you can invest in more people um and seeing just the outlook of the business change and and get bigger i like that you say you can invest in more people. Yeah. That, that, I mean, yeah, but that, that it's, no, maybe some people would see that sound here, a throwaway comment there, but to me, there is a major, I'd say you can tell a lot by where people want to reinvest is how do you reinvest into your company? Do you reinvest into research and development products, marketing, people and i think as you've already mentioned people are such an important component so yeah I, from my perspective that's it sounds like you really still have that that correct mentality of invest in those who are going to help and broaden your community rather than just okay what can we do to blow this up yeah it's i like ads are a necessary evil but i think what actually turns the dial is getting the right people in that really interested in taking the business forward, but also get the mission and the purpose at this stage. So we're very lucky that our kind of senior team are both really excellent managers, but also roll out the sleeves and get stuff done, which is where you, we're still at the business. You, you can't just be fully a manager because things still just need to get done, yeah. you know? So having, those really talented people and they don't come along very often that that can do both be both experts in their field but also manage really effectively i think we've been very lucky to find those people and um cultivate them and then they're they made an impact so we're now able to grow their teams and and so we're seeing the benefit of that of those decisions probably from the accelerator in august and now coming through in the business um and you're seeing that in the bottom line and then what we're able to do and the plans we're able to make. I think that's, I was saying to Laura, 
yesterday, like I think yesterday. <laughs> My time zones are a bit a bit funky at the moment, but um, maybe this morning. Uh, about how one of the most pleasing things I'm noticing now, is some of the conversations we're having, is <clears throat> people saying like, "It says a lot about you and Laura when I meet your team, like, and and how you've built the team and and who they are, and we're really proud of them, and they are awesome, and and it, yeah, it does set the foundation for growth. So, um, yeah, I, I really like would pride ourselves on that. Like finding the good thing is there's a lot of people that believe in where this is going and, and what it could be. And, and they want to be a part of that. And that's, I mean, it's really meaningful. I, I think it's a hugely powerful thing in, into why we can compete, you know, because this, this is about more than shoes. It's about something a lot bigger than that. So, yeah. Well, one of the cool things for me was I, uh, I went to Kansas City for the United Soccer Coaches Convention. And when I got my little goodie bag that you get when you register, I was just looking through all the different things and I saw a little Ida business card. And I was like, oh, okay, they're probably here. So then when I went to the exhibitors hall, I was like, I'm going to see if I can find this this booth or whatever somewhere. And I didn't really look at the map and ended up just walking around and saw this big sort of pillar that said Ida at the top of it <clears throat> walked up and saw Laura. And I was like, Hey, in the flesh, that's you, by the way, I'm <laughs> the guy that talked to Ben a while back and had a little podcast episode. And I thought it was great because I, I was just proud to sort of see that you, you know, there was a presence there in this, in, at this convention that I've gone to now for five years. Um, and I normally avoid the exhibitor hall. I don't really like it because it's too much stuff. I don't think we need any more trophies. And there's like 10 or 15 booths that just have trophies everywhere. You're like, why? But as an experience for you guys, I mean, that what what was that like? I think it was uh, a bit of, well, first of all, thanks for coming to say hi and also recognize me. I think it was in front of like people that we were trying to impress. And so it looked really good because I was like, <laughs> oh, hey, Laura. And I was like, already known, obviously. Um, but I, for us, a, a bit of an experiment, really, to see what kind of crowd and what kind of things resonate with people. And some of the, like, some of the stuff you know that you're going to have, like the conversations of, so what are the differences between men's and women's feet? And you can engage people in that. But we were really interested by the amount of male coaches who were starting to ask questions. And they were like, our girls have so many problems that, you know, we're always being asked to fix this and having, being able to engage people in those, those kind of conversations is really cool. Cause that's, that's very much where our research is headed and from looking at preventable pain and things like that. So in terms of the user experience and user feedback, we're just listening the whole time and, and putting that into our product pipeline. And then in terms of kind of, yeah, yeah, we were on a bit of a highway, so we did catch a lot of random traffic, but I think we had a lot of people kind of seek us out. So had a couple of customers who are already customers of ours come up to us, which was really cool. Um, and a couple of like people, again, fans, and we were like, oh, we've got fans. This is exciting <laughs> times. We've, we've definitely grown up as a business. Um, so being able to do that, I think for us was amazing. Um, to get that kind of experience and, and connect with a lot of people that we'd only ever met virtually. Um, and, and yeah, connect just, yeah, do 
podcasts and chatting to people and seeing seeing what resonated with our audience. It was the first time we'd been kind of live since the pandemic. Not, I realised not my show, so I don't want to take over and start asking the questions, but I actually want to ask Laura a question. because I'm Please do. Uh, uh, we, like... Well, first of all, your, Laura also sent me from that convention a really hilarious um, video of the DJ, which was like, <laughs> it was that, it was one of those beautiful, beautiful things of a man just, it was born in a DJ and it didn't matter where, you know. Loving his life. Yeah, really living <laughs> his best life. But no, the question I wanted to ask, because it's kind of related to that too, I've felt like one of the things I've noticed, so yeah, I mentioned we were at the Business of Football Summit a couple of weeks ago. And you can you can imagine what that audience looks like. Um, and if you picture the typical person that you would imagine at the Financial Times Business Football Summit, that's who they were. Um, however, and, you know, there was, I think, every panel, there was at least some reference to women's football. Um, and I felt like, okay, we're nowhere near where we need to be, but it is interesting at the least that there is, talk about this in every single panel um and that to me feels very different to four years ago and that was i was just laura like curious how you feel about that um or or agree with that or you know obviously there's a lot that we're not doing like that we should be but have you noticed that step change given you your how invested you've been i mean there's definitely a lot more interest for sure and, and a lot more media coverage so i think some of the media partnerships like zone and youtube putting on the champions league things like that have made a mega difference in having the game be accessible and i think what they're seeing is there was demand for it it's just no one could find it before so um almost those are the the people in the game are always like yeah duh like a lot of people want to watch this and it's only now that you're sort of catching up and seeing bigger brands and seeing the commercial opportunities um but it was interesting at the football summit that not there were a lot of discussions and it didn't feel necessarily like an afterthought, like, oh, we must ask a question about women. It was just part and parcel of the commercial opportunity, which you'd expect given it's a growing market. So you kind of you'd say to them it would be a bit dumb if they weren't uh, talking about this and thinking about this um, because you're missing an opportunity. Um, and, and that's kind of where we sit as well as well. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to be in a fast-paced growing market? Like, prefer that than a stale and declining one. Well, and, you know, you're seeing this sort of market and culture and everything kind of just explode. Your logo's the Ida Wave, right? So this is, let's go into another metaphor here. Is this kind of like sitting in the ocean on a surfboard looking going, bloody hell, that's a big one coming my way? Um. This might yeah, be the ride. You. This might be the ultimate ride. Well, I was going to go more with a, a different surfing metaphor, but the, the it's this it, it, instead of it's one big one, it's more the incremental waves, and you're starting to see that maybe you just got better at surfing, right? And so that you're consistently catching the wave as opposed to getting bundled, um, because you're you're seeing it across the board. It's just the waves are coming, and and now many more people are able to surf as opposed to like 
drowning <laughs> in the waves. As, ben, ben, as the Aussie, you have to actually weigh in on this because I'm from the mountains of Colorado and Laura's from the UK. Almost so surfing. <laughs> I, I, I took up surfing actually very shortly before the pandemic. And it's been one of the oh. best things I've done because I've been able to surf a lot, um, particularly since moving back to Perth. So yeah, no drowning. I hope everyone be safe out there. But uh, but yeah, it's. I think what Laura is saying is is true in that it feels like a triangulation of proof points. Like that, it is. It's not just. There's no one big moment. Um, one thing, like I was reminded of, on I was down at Soccer X in Miami recently, and and there's this great panel and Ariana, Ariana Cristioni who has worn our shoes and puts our shoes on her Instagram, but I promise this is not why I'm bringing it up. Um, she she just had a really good take about that. She was asked, you know, oh, uh, Barcelona's about to sell out a stadium. Um, you know, I have sold out a stadium in 10 minutes or something for this. La Liga, you know, El, the, well, is it La Clásica? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to El Clásico. Um, but, you know, and isn't this a flagship change for, for women's football? And, and she was saying, well, you know, let's not forget, like, the 99ers put put this game on the map. Like, they sold out a, a huge stadium in the US. And that was, you know, that was a real, like, we stand on the shoulders of giants moment. So it's like these, these little points along the way that, like, each proof point and each story and um, sort of builds that bigger, richer narrative that we're all a part of. And, like, I like to think that what we're doing is a really important part of that is is... You know, I Laura watched me get on a big rant yesterday. I was talking to, to, to some people and I was saying, you know, just imagine what we could do. Like, I know what these shoes are doing to our consumers, the, the ones that they're already wearing, you know. And they've hurt for so long. It's such a big barrier. And then seeing when they switch to our shoes, how that can change a lot of people's playing experience. What does that do to keeping them in the game longer? What does that do to the long-term future of the game? Like, you know, it's not everything, but it's it's, a, it's something I'm really proud to to be working on and um, and to see happen in the last couple of years. And a seriously solid base to work from when we think about there's so much more we, we could be doing and want to be doing it and will do. So um, I, we're a long way from the surfing metaphor, but <laughs> but um, but it, it is it's true. It's like to use a surfing metaphor. Uh, metaphor. It's about each set, you know. And, and picking the next like, wave of momentum to take. So, I don't know. That's the best I can do. <laughs> nice time. No, that, that was good. That was good. That was a great way to Also, can I just put in a vote? You, you were about to say there's no surfing in the UK. There's loads of surfing in the UK. It's I didn't say there was no surfing in the it's UK. It's just a bit colder than Australia. So it's, We'll put it this way. Not as not as large of a proportion of the population of the UK surfs as much as Australians. We'll put it that way. Correct. Because, because I know the coast of Cornwall, freezing. there's decent waves from what I hear. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just we're, we perhaps look more like seals when we get into the water because we're in our wetsuits. And- yeah. That's California surfing as well. They surf in wetsuits because it's cold out there a lot of the yeah. time. I, lo- I love the, the impassioned defense. It's like if Laura's going to take a stand on this podcast, <laughs> It will be it's like equal pay. <laughs> forget it. No, it's you will not. We serve too. Not bash we the, have a yeah, surfing exactly. culture. I tell you, <laughs> it's not all rain. Promise. Yeah. No, um, it's it's beautiful down there. Well, and it's just kind of it's interesting, Do, Laura. Being 
based in the UK, do you go to any women's Super League games? <laughs> Funny you should ask. I'm actually, straight after this, going to a Champions League game. So Arsenal are playing Wolfsburg at the Emirates. Um, at the Emirates? Quarter, yeah, quarterfinal. So it'll be a really good game. It's, I think it's televised as well. So again, showing you the growth of the sport. Um, pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, I try and get to... I haven't been to many. There's, I'm technically an Aston Villa fan and they're all right. Um, so I'm going to try and go to one of their games for the end of the season. And uh, one of the Lewis games, which is they're in the championship and down on the South Coast. So it's quite nice. But I do have a toddler in a business. So there is a toddler. <laughs> so I often just end up watching highlights. <laughs> I can't watch 90 minutes of football. Don't have time. Well, and I mean, the environment itself, I guess, I guess a toddler, you know, but once, once your kid maybe gets two years older, is this, it's the kind of environment and atmosphere that's great for, yeah, for young well, people, we, isn't it? We took him to, I think we took him to the FA Cup final and, and the, you know, like things like that. And Lu the Lewis Stadium is amazing. It's really family friendly. So especially for the women's games, I have no qualms about taking a small kid there. It's just such a nice atmosphere. It's kind of different for the men's game, probably haven't been to a men's game in years. Um, just you get all the problems associated with it, like hooliganism, people get really drunk and it just it's not the same atmosphere. Whereas the moment the women's game has got a super nice experience that you can, it is family friendly and you can go and have a great time. Well, and, and from what I've been told by a lot of people is the players are very accessible um, in the sense that it's easy to shake their hands, to say hello, to meet them, take a picture. Yeah, I think they stay often after the games and just connect with fans, especially, the, I mean, you see the impact it has on young girls growing up. It's just massive and they're sort of the role models and just waiting around and signing autographs and doing all of that. So they're yeah they're kind of just they're the ones building the profile of the game and it and it's not it's all the like small interactions it's not those big like televised matches it's all the other stuff in between where they're playing at you know tiddly stadium up north and but they're waiting after the game to talk to fans and that's what's growing the community well i mean and you mentioned the 99ers that's a huge part of what they were doing um they were touring around the country playing at playing games in places and everywhere i mean you'd think the beatles were getting off a bus how many girls were screaming right and yeah. and it was they they built all of this a lot of it was just based on just small interactions with fans every single place they went they would run camps you know um do all kinds of things and and i just remember because you know, my sister's 18 months older than me and, you know, she was a player. And I mean, th that generation was so, so impactful for all the, for, for, a, I mean, a whole bunch of people. And so I think the fact that they're doing that same kind of thing, like just connect, connect with these people because you're building something that's going to last when you do. So it's great to, it's great to hear that that's what they're doing. Um, here's a question for you guys about sort of circling back to Ida specifically. And one thing you guys mentioned was you said that there was a player who wears the boots and posts to Instagram sometimes, right? So when is Ida going to find their Michael Jordan? 
you know, who are, who are you going to make the sort of, are you going to find a player to sort of be a flagship in a way, someone who really represents the brand. And if there's already plans for this, obviously you don't need to divulge anything you can't, but it feels, it feels like that's a really solid next, not, not, not necessarily next step, but step down the road to, to blow it up. But it's definitely something we're considering. I think one of the fundamental things you have to remember, one of the things we've learned is women don't think like men. And so <laughs> funny, it's so it's kind of crazy. Same as our bodies. We're not just small men. We do have thinky thoughts all by ourselves. And uh, one of the things we found out is that if you're a guy, uh, perhaps Ronaldo releases a boot and you're like, oh, I'm going to buy that boot. I'm going to play like Ronaldo. And there's that kind of halo effect and you need that marquee player with the women's game it's it's a bit different and the way women are influenced are more so by their club captain or their teammate than perhaps a, an external player from a from a national team so we've been looking more at how do we support the grassroots and how do we support clubs and and really um yeah work with the communities that already exist because that's where your decision-making comes in and you're kind of purchasing ideas. So that said, we are working on a few things that I think are very attractive to certain players that we have been talking to. So we will uh, keep you posted on that one, but it's, it's definitely a different approach. And, and that's kind of one of the things that makes us different is we didn't, we just threw out the rule book when it came to like, all the assumptions and just because it works for the men's game might not work for what we're trying to do here. Well, okay. So this is, it's funny you mentioned this because I, I was thinking about it and I was like, for some reason, boys, the boys are very much more brand related to certain players. There is no doubt. I, I was like that. Like I considered myself an Adidas guy because Zinedine Zidane was my favorite player. I'm a predator guy. Like that's kind of the way I like saw myself. I was like, I'm not Ronaldo. I'm not one of those Nike shoes. No, 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 no. And part of the link was, you know, to the predator and Adidas was who the players were. And you're basically saying, yeah, girls don't really work like that in, in a lot of ways, especially not with sporting equipment. So that's fascinating. Yeah, and it's kind of a fundamental shift in mindset then to your strategy. It it also, I think the key difference there is you're working from a base of whether you're wearing, not to, you know, tarnish three stripes and, and your choice to wear, <laughs> to be an Adidas guy, but like, you know, you're, whether you're wearing Nike or Adidas, you can find a shoe that fits you. So you then it becomes, okay, how do you compete on something else? And then something else is, yeah, what you know how do those players connect with me and then you know I'll, I'll make my choice accordingly whereas if you are like a lot of our players sitting in an environment where everything hurts and then along comes us you know I, I would love to be in a in a position we're building that already I think where people are like I you know I'm an idle woman that's what I am <laughs> and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wear that swoosh or the three stripes again I, I talking about them specifically, but you know what I mean? It's like of course, yeah. that inspire that kind of loyalty that it's like, this is who I am because that brand really speaks 
to me and what's important to me and says something about me when I step out onto the pitch and and I and that resonates. Like if we do that, then I think we we're in we're in good shape. Um, so yeah, it's it is interesting because we don't see that level of loyalty in in the current market. There's just there's, there hasn't been the provision that it's not changing fast enough in terms of how these products are designed and, and thought about and who they bring to the table. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting space. Yeah. I mean, I just find it fascinating because I know that there, I know that there is a demand for more comfortable shoes yet. I also see a lot of the girls I coach, they've gotten more into the personalizing of the shoes, right? So where it's like, they'll put their name on it or maybe their number or something like that. And they really like the, the look of the shoes that they're picking is it's definitely got to do with the aesthetics a lot. Sometimes I'm seeing the girls with shoes that are literally a size too big for them. I'm like, that's not like your foot yesterday was an inch and a half smaller than the one today. I don't, this, this is about the shoe. So (laughs) I guess what, what kind of feedback have you, have you gotten, I guess more than it, let me rephrase it this way. You've seen the celebrity mean tweets thing. Have you ever seen those videos mm-hmm. where celebrities, so they, 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 yeah, yeah. they read tweets that have been sent to them that are just awful. right. Just, I don't want to bring up negativity here, but what would you say some of the All right. more what, negative what feedback you- you've gotten is? Yeah, whatever you say, we've probably said it to ourselves in our design team. And if you're not, you know, thinking about how you can make a better product, then you're really not doing a good thing. I think one of the things we're we're doing with this next set of products is acknowledging that there's a set of consumers that are really interested in in that aesthetic. And so we're asking, can you can you have both? Can you have comfort and an aesthetic that appeals to a teenage high schooler who um, needs to have that um, kind of particular colorway and that kind of thing. And so that was always the outset kind of ambition of going, well, we know that this is scientifically kind of and technically accurate and it's going to make you feel better. But there's also the perception of, well, what's the colorway? How does it fit on me? And that kind of thing. And once you look good, then you play great. So how do you combine those two? And, and I mean, now the exciting part for us is we're big enough that we can start building out a range of products to fit those different consumers because we have our kind of retro Copa Mundial customer and we have our, you know, flashy Nike Tiempo customer. And there's, there's definitely a difference between what they're looking for. And the, the exciting part for us is we now get to service both of them um, and kind of listen to them and go, yeah, we heard you. All right, we're making something that will fit for you. That's that's the challenge and kind of the excitement of what we're doing. And uh, I often talk about how we can really take our medicine. You know, I think it's one of the things we've done well is like this was only going to work if we could take the, take the feedback and and actually like build it into the process. And so you know, in the really early days, like our first shoe was not the shoe we took to market right so and and so we had however it's it's now going in the design museum in london because that's how cool it is 
well, yeah, that's true. The Frankenshoe, I forgot all the that. The Frankenshoe, that's right. Yeah, it's that. I mean, that is one of the trippier things. Hey, you don't you don't set out to make a shoe to go in a design museum, but hey, it's a nice <laughs> thing to happen. Um, so I can't wait to really see. Really is. I think it's great. It's so cool. But yeah, you know, like seeing, hearing the feedback. You know, players were honest, which and I and I, we would go out there and say like, you're doing us a favor if you tell us what you really think about this and warts and all and that's you know helped us land on a better product and continues to like we we as, as laura said there's lots of things coming down the pipe and that's the direct result of how highly engaged our players are and vocal they are about what is and isn't working and, and what can be improved and because they're invested too they want to they want to see this grow and, and get better because ultimately it's it's going to mean you know better things for their for their game so yeah it's we don't we don't view the feedback as, as a bad thing at all ever. It's like it's a necessary and welcome part of the process. Yeah, we do I, try and um, you, you don't have it all the time though. So we'll have particular meetings where it's like, right, guys, this is the one where we poop all over the shoe, and we know that we're doing it. And everyone, just be prepared. Get your tissues handy. Just you know, ready for the big cry, and just all pile in. And then at the end of the time, it's like, right. And now we move on to like the positives and, and what we're doing. So it's got, you got to contain, like you can't read all your negative tweets all the time, right? You've got to assume that there's a, there's a stopping point and put a lid on that and get back to the, the five-star reviews. I, I love, I love Chris's like designers. Uh, so Chris is our, our lead designer and he, he's always talking about like, designers live in a, in a complete world of perpetual negativity because they're always being asked, you know, they're always being asked to improve stuff. Um, and then, so you have to come um, and, and say, no, look, you have to read. Yeah. You have to read the trust pilot page, like read what you made, what that is doing, you know, like what, what you helped build and don't forget that. And so, the, and then we're talking incremental changes. Um, you, you can't get lost down, you know, like when something doesn't go well or, you know, because um, it's a very rare occurrence in the scheme of things, but yeah, it all helps. That makes sense. I, I mean, I can only imagine. We're, you know, we live in a world where it's so easy for people to give you feedback so quickly without necessarily really thinking about it, and um, you know, that's with online. But in person, of course, people aren't going to say the meanest stuff they can think of in person. No, right? no, so, they do. So oh, they they do. do. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. So is, is that uh, what you experienced in Kansas City? You had some people go, this shoe. It, yeah. It, and it's often people that don't, that comment like that don't necessarily, aren't necessarily the target market of the brand. Um, but yeah, people don't hold back. You'd think they would, but no, they do tell you to your face. Um, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> being prepared for like a full onslaught. Um to your face so we do we do get all sorts but we also do get the other side which is people telling us how much they love them we got someone wrote us a postcard to our u.s warehouse and it was such a beautiful thing and and that that more than makes up for the the someone that would perhaps shout at you uh about the shoe that isn't really made for them i also want to point out that mo like most of the time and yeah there's there's things you know there's the exciting part from here is building out a range of different um, fits is is something we're really conscious of as a, as a business that it's like, you know, yeah, we've started with 
a, you know, a big minority, I would say, you know, like there's so many different communities and, and different parts of the world where like women's feet look different. And so we're going to have to make something that works for them. And that's, that's definitely part of the plan, you know, and it's like having to start somewhere. Um, so building out a range of fits is important, but also I'd say most of the time, the feedback that we get, the negative feedback is, isn't over the fit. The fit is the thing we've really nailed here. It's, it's people feel really passionately about color. Like they do. And they go, why? Like no one's ever going to wear black. I never want to see a black shoe. And where they're looking at the numbers at the back and go, actually, most people want to wear black, you know, <laughs> like, um, and yeah, we, but you know, we hear you and we, we're going to offer, there's some stuff coming that's, you know, taps into more of a striker's mindset, I'd say, in, in how they want to be seen on the pitch and, and what they do and what they do best. So, you know, we're listening. That's, that's the main thing. And I can tell you from my experience as a coach, you know, both boys and girls seeing the footwear choices, it, whether it's boys or girls, you, I always have two players, at least two, it's never just one, who are Copa Mundial kids. Like they outgrow yeah. that, that pair, they go straight to another pair of Copas. And you're like, huh, you know, with all the options and all the things that you could try out and they're going for, like these kids, they just like the classic right um then there are some kids who they, they've told me they just don't like colored shoes they like them black but they like trying different brands and different kinds but it is interesting how there's the the, the color is one of those things that you're like wow that's the feedback we're getting i what what's the shoe the flat that you were wearing in kansas city laura you mentioned oh yeah that's it. our idas so they're the limited edition spirits for indoor so they're, they're like black, but with a bit of like pops of color. Yeah. And just there's a Nike shoe that was re just recently released, one of their latest lines that is um, it's lighting up the field. So many of the kids are getting this new uh, this new one. And I remember thinking, man, they look so similar in terms of the, the color palettes and sort of where um and because they're Nikes, there's just a slightly similar look with the logos of how it just looks when they're playing. And I was like, man, th that that shoe you were wearing, if that one is released as a full product, I, that one just to me looks like something that kids would just gravitate towards really quickly. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, one of the things that I'm excited about, we're also looking at youth boots. So, mm -hmm. and you can get, you can do some like even more funky things with colors there because you're sort of eight to 13 year olds. Um, again, want something slightly different than what a teenager is looking for. And um, yeah, we're, I'm just really excited by the kind of color options that you can do for, for what does a nine year old want to wear on the pitch and that kind of stuff. It's, um, it's, it's such a beautiful blank canvas now that we've got through the hurdle of changing nappies. It's like, <laughs> Let, well, that, no, know. that is a blank canvas. I'm starting, I'm thinking about it right now. All the major brands, they just have every size available, but I don't think I've seen, you know, a design dedicated towards five to 10 year olds, for instance. Yeah. I, I don't know I mean, if that exists. We don't, we think there's a gap as per usual. So <laughs> love it. Go ahead, Ben. And there's also, you know, there's a lot of, well, we've seen physically like Laura 
Laura's shoe size changed after she had her first kid. Like that's what happens, right? So there's also, there's plenty of women that are continuing to play um, that, you know, their, their feet are changing as they get older and there's a huge opportunity there, I think, um, as well to, to cater to them and, and offer something that really works. So, yeah, there's a lot. Once you start digging into this stuff and particularly as you look at how far away we've moved as a culture from how it used to be done. Like everyone thinks that, you know, doing things, the latest technology and everything is is the most important thing. And that's true. There's so many innovations that that are really important. But equally, there's a lot of things that used to happen in footwear. For example, you would have a set, a custom set of like lasts made for you and then you would take them to a shoemaker and they would make shoes that fit for your exact feet, right? Like, that has not happened in a, in a long time. And yeah, there's talk about customization and everything else. But like, yeah, it's really fascinating because I think, you know, there's a lot of knowledge that we've seen that's kind of been lost that we're bringing back um, with a modern twist that's going back to the fact that, yeah, you know, you can't just, one size does not fit all. And and that's what we're here to, to fix. That That's kind of... um that one size does not fit all is kind of a cool, just a phrase, a good little catchphrase for Ida. It's like, this is, this is sort of what we do. We, we go for all the people who are not in the one size fits all category because I, 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 you know, I mean, it was when I was in Kansas city, it was really interesting. You guys had that mat on the ground that shows the male foot and female foot and the weight distribution I, I remember seeing this one girl look down at it and go, whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. And she just, <laughs> and, and it really is accessing a whole different, uh, just range of people. And like, I think it's really fascinating. You actually mentioned that there were a lot of male coaches that came up to you. Um, I think it's, it's great to hear that because a lot of us male coaches, we witness what our girl players go through and i'm just glad to hear that there were that, that you saw that side of it because yeah it's a topic sure. of conversation for a lot of us you know and just being curious about like oh maybe this is why so-and-so has got that recurring ankle injury and kind of investigating that so um for coaches it's very much that education of hey well if you've got players that are struggling then start thinking about this could be one of the reasons yeah, I, it's 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 just fascinating because over the course of this year since I last spoke with Ben, I'm just like I'm just it, seeing how this whole thing is growing, and it's sort of like it's sort of like a hurricane that, or a cyclone, and and you two are sitting on a boat in the middle, just being taken somewhere. Um, We've got what, a bit of steering, like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you're riding around, but sort of you're riding around in the eye, right? You're in a nice calm space where you can still do what you've got to do, but the outside, the outside world is moving so fast and hopefully it's taking you close to shore. Obviously. I mean, that's, that's, we've got to do metaphors. We've got to keep, keep hitting these as as we go. Really enjoy Yeah. yeah. A a safe landing. I hope. Yeah. As opposed to a shipwreck um, after a hurricane. Yeah. I, 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 I feel really, I know we're going a little bit full circle here, but I feel really good about, I'm very optimistic about the, 
the future. Um, and, you know, part of that is just seeing the groundswell in terms of players. Part of it is the sorts of talent we have access to from like, you know, design and, and marketing. And, you know, there's, yeah, what has gotten us here won't get us to the next phase, but there's a lot of people really excited about where I could go next. And, um, you know, I think what we can do as founders is really think about that, like that North star, you know, like what every decision needs to come back to what, like, why, why are we doing this? Like, and I think we have a really solid sense of who we are and, and why we need to exist and, and why we need to push this forward and how that's going to change the, the game for so many players. So as long as we stay true to that, um, then yeah, maybe we'll, we can steer that boat in the hurricane. I don't know. Laura, what do you think? Oh, it's just fun. It's um, we're so we're so small that we're agile and nimble, and you get to literally rewrite the future. Um, or I say rewrite because it's often something that's kind of scripted, and everyone thinks they know where it's going, and we're going. Let's do it this way, and let's um, let's shake things up a bit, and and it's already providing so much. Um, so many benefits for players and and that we've seen that you kind of think, yeah, this is this is such a good thing to pursue. Um, how much more impact can we have um as we grow the business and, and see where it takes us? So and are you starting yes. to feel like you've got that punk rock, we're disrupting the the establishment mainstream feel coming yet? Definitely. Um bring on the new genre. It's it's happening and it's starting to make these little continue with the wave metaphor ripples that are having a big effect. Um, so we're, we're seeing the ripples that we put out even during the pandemic now coming back and, and may helping it, giving us certainty for the future about, Hey, look, we're onto something. We're changing the game for women. And now it's like, all right, keep going, make more shoes do the things yeah i i I think it's it's cool because that gives you an extra sense of you can only imagine extra sense of motivation ambition and drive to be like oh we're we're shaking some trees up here like there's actually you know there's actual movement going around we're not just some small startup that's just trying to be nice and and provide a, a a cool little option for people no we're we're out to win it's lovely to participate but now it's time to go and get that medal there you go you, you know this is this is one thing uh i don't know how many people involved in entrepreneurship think about uh the fact that you've got the two of you are like no we want to win you know there's an i love the competitive side of it because ben you're you were a professional cricketer right yeah so yeah i am i am competitive but i i like to think about i i i've always liked to try and play the game in the right way and be a good sport too so you know yes we want to win and and i want to win more than ever because of what I think that could do. Um, but, you know, I want to do it in the right way. And that, and that's so important is like, we, you know, we're, we are here to serve the athletes. Right. And if, if there are other shoes that, that fit them and work for them, well, that's great. 
Like honestly, we will the the players we've talked to and engaged with, we we recommend that if it's not a, a good fit there. But what we have found is there are a lot of people that our shoes work really really well for. So, um, yeah, it is it is competitive. Obviously, like you you're in it to win it. Um, but doing it in the right way, and I, I would hope you could see like we don't over the past hour we don't take ourselves too seriously either. Like we we enjoy. We want it to be fun, you know, and that's that's an important part of it. Like it would be horrible if we were just, I don't know, out there with Sun Tzu's Art of War, like, you know, battle stations, like <laughs> full bro startup mode. Like that's just not who we are. So like we're, we, we, we ride the wave, we ride the highs and the lows, but at the end of the day we're, um, yeah, we're here, we are here to win. We are. I think it's great. And look, you, got, you, you two have been an inspiration for, for me because – I've just watched over the course of the year. I was, I've just noticed more um, just the social media presence, just growing, right. Just getting a little bit bigger posts, getting a little bit more creative all the time. And, and you're just seeing this and you're like, okay, keep going, keep going. You guys are, you guys are running now. That, that also has something to do with the fact that I have less and less to do with our social media. So there is a, a clear relationship between getting, you know, a, a man who is in his thirties, but is pretty much a boomer dad, like nowhere near our socials and putting it in the hands of people that actually get it. So I'm glad you picked up on it. And, and yeah, it makes, makes me super proud too, to see like that step up in professionalism, like all over the business, you know, and that's obviously the most public example of it. And to go full circle, that's down to people. So we grow, we get great people, we grow some more. And we just keep, we, I mean, I, I don't want to say that turning in circles, don't want to make that sound like a bad thing, but we just keep circling around, right? The same things. It's that's great. Why I, it's not one big wave. It's like incremental, you know, you're just building. Well, I'm trying to think if we talked about this on air, but the, like the, um, when we talk about comedians before, and it's like, yeah. it's the ultimate, it's their, it's their whole jam, the tie-in, you know? Yeah, bring it back to land that joke. Yeah, bring it back to this. So, uh, yeah, well, that, and that and that tends to mean that that's the right time to drop a mic and uh, and and take your giant ovation. So, what <laughs> the room that you're in? Take a look around. Imagine a bunch of people clapping and cheering for you. <laughs> that's weird. My wife just walked in, and she's she's not clapping or cheering for me. That's that's rare. No, she's she's giving me a look like I look like, but I do. She's the best. This, but yeah and, I, well I, this I, is why i surround myself with all these legends right like i've got i think i'll show you this this poster right here um this one right uh where's my finger going that one Thierry Henry. so this is right after he scored against uh, that classic goal against liverpool where he goes through like five of the guys and and scores and you know you just got this just these giants on the wall and you know makes you feel like you're Really in it, really. My active. one addition to wall, I reckon you just need a few more of the the US women's national team up there. So I actually have um, a folder that's about this thick with posters and magazine clippings and stuff that still need to go up. And there's, I've, I've got Michelle Akers and Mia Hamm. Because, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the, the one... My, my, I will say this, my, my favorite female player is a random one. And actually, I, I, let's, let's end on this. Who's your favorite female player ever? Mine is Karen Gabera. 
she was in the on the 90s u.s team uh she was on the initial world cup winning team and i believe 91 uh, on the 95 team as well she was one of the best dribblers the women's game's ever seen it's impossible to take the ball off her and i actually spoke with when i was younger my we went to France and ended up staying with uh, the Lyon Academy because my sister's team went to go do a little trip there. And we met a woman who was on the France national team. And she told me that's the most difficult player I've ever played against. It's impossible, impossible to deal with. So look at her clips if you can. Oh yeah, definitely check that out. Who, who wants to go? Who wants to go? I'm, I'm going to be selfish and grab two because the, uh, and they're both from Perth, so whoops. Um, but Sam Kerr, I, I remember going to a semi He's from Perth? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. She's from Perth. So you know what? Perth doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Um, no, but she is. She is. Um, and she, I just going to a game, um, I went to, this is when she was still playing in what's now the A-League women's, um, in a semi-final, and she scored a hat-trick, the final goal of which was in extra time to put to put Melbourne out of the competition and backflips and everything else. Like you just there's few people I think to light up the game um like her. So that's number one. The number two also from Perth that I always love. I think I want to mention this last time. Although I feel bad saying this. There's um because there's there is so many, but um well Tash Reby is a story who always just resonates with me because she kind of came out of nowhere to end up being the captain of that that professional club in Australia, and she she got her shot by playing for like a country team um, that came up to the city to play against the Perth Glory, and she impressed so much in that game that she got offered a contract and has worked her way up, and and now is the captain, and you know um, done amazing things with that club. So I, I always love that story. I think it's a good kind of mix of the. The Hollywood, you know, the Hollywood part of the game that's growing and, and is really entertaining to watch, and also the how humble a beginning some of these players have come from and how hard they've worked to get to, to build it to where it is. So that's why I've been selfish and I picked two. But Laura, I'd love to hear what yours is. Well, wait, wait. Say the name of the 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 your second one again. Tash Rigby. Tash Rigby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I She's will. amazing. I will say Sam Kerr is an absolute juggernaut. I, I'm, I'm a huge Sam Kerr fan. I'm a Chelsea fan as well, so stoked on her. I, I loved the, the when she body checked that guy that went on the field yeah, to take a selfie so with funny. her. The whole world was like, yeah. Get out of my way. Excellent. Boom. Yeah. All right, Laura, who you got? Um, I'm going to pick um, one of the greatest players of all time, Marta, who just – it, I mean, apart from being an incredible player, just what she's doing off the pitch as well to build the um, equality movement, especially in Brazil, and just, like, still phenomenal. And I really hope she plays World Cup next year. And just, yeah, just seeing her play is just such a joy all the time. So both yeah, the technical fun. skill and the, like, all the other stuff she brings to the game is so Oh, beautiful. the personality incredible such, such such an incredible personality yeah yeah well that's good i think we've, we've put some good names out there and i i think it's for anyone that listens it's it's the wisdom that you guys bring is it's invaluable in the sense that a lot of these things are core value type things and they're not just 
goals hashtag goals it's like no values um you're you're going by your guiding principles and and i think it's it's just great to see ida continue to grow i'm really looking to get that kit though that that uh right i'll let you know as soon as it drops i love it um and yeah we'll see you next year of course no we have to yeah no gotta come down under do it in person 